Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen, and I'm your host, Max. And joining me here in the booth is Gideon. Hello. First show. Yeah, first show of the fourth season, and uh, we're excited. It's going to be a good one. Uh, we're talking about two of Steven Spielberg's greatest hits, uh, Jaws and Jurassic Park. Yes, sir. Two classics uh, of different eras of Hollywood, really. Um one kind of leading into the the era of big blockbusters, and one kind Some of some would say in. the progenitor of big blockbusters. Yeah, that's true. I I'm always more of a I'm always more in the camp of uh, uh, Birth of a Nation being like the first big blockbuster, just because that's what I was like taught and in in classes here and. I, I always did felt Birth that of a Nation make a lot of money? I think it did. I think it was like ginormous, even though I think it came out in like 1915. I think it was like considered by most film historians to be like one of the first, if not the first. I mean, it was a, I would say Gone with the Wind before I would say that, but. I, I might be wrong if you pull up the figures here, but regardless, I mean, Jaws yeah. really was like the first of the modern blockbusters and then it paved the way for Star Wars to then kind of, you know, be right there too and then Star Wars was a whole different, uh, yeah, <laughs> whole different experience. But um, both of these films are fantastic. Both are from the mind of Steven Spielberg. Uh, I do know that Jurassic Park is, you know, off a book. It wasn't just like his idea for that. I don't. I think Jaws. Um, it was that an original. Uh, no, Jaws was also a book um, from 1974. It looks like. Okay, so um, you got so on that like a yeah, it was very quickly after that doesn't seem right, but I suppose I mean, that's pretty fast. Sometimes the books come that, out that after that the movie. Adaptation. I mean, sometimes the books comes out after the movie uh like with Christine. Well, uh, yeah, but Jaws was an adaptation yeah. for sure. I just was I'm surprised that it was that soon. I did not know that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't either. Um, I only learned that like Jurassic Park was from a book only within like the last couple of years. Yeah, I've read the, I've read the book of Jurassic Park. Um, and how by, is it by Michael Crichton? Michael Crichton is a interesting science fiction writer. Um, Jurassic Park just has such a great premise. Um, it's definitely different from the movie. Steven Spielberg's uh, his like. His nostalgia oh. and and uh, warmth in terms of filmmaking definitely uh, overrides the the almost coldness from the novel. Um, like, cause the novel is very much like a here's what would happen if dinosaurs did this, and it's like a like science fiction sometimes is in in literature. It's like this is it follows the logical into the premise, whereas the film is very much more like a human story about. About, uh, about the people brought to the island. Yeah, and and Dr. Grant's like relationship with the kids and stuff and how that evolves, et cetera, mm -hmm. um, in addition to having cool dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I th though I will say uh, Jurassic Park 1, probably my least favorite of the original three, um, just because it didn't really have any dinosaurs I liked and Jurassic Park 2, Lost World, was just awesome and I love when they brought the dinosaurs to the mainland and I haven't, that. I have not yet seen Jurassic Park two or three, so I can't, uh, comment on this. You haven't seen faith. three? No. Oh dude, that's the best one because it's got the Spinosaurus in it, but, <laughs> but which one do you want to talk for, about first here? Let's uh, just Jaws. do Jaws and just go in chronological order. Okay. Um, so yeah, 
most recently, I saw Jaws as a re-release in theaters, and uh, I think it was either just me or like me and one other person were in there, and oh my gosh, was that a fun experience? Just, yeah, you know, on the big screen, and I mean. <laughs> Say what you will about like corny effects. That movie is still really, really good, and I just love watching it. And it's just oh, there's something about that movie that is just so, so fantastic and so thrilling. And the whole town is awesome. It kind of you know reminds me of like the East Coast version of like the town from Goonies a little bit. Like I don't know. It's just there's there's so much that I just enjoyed about it that wasn't just about the shark and I I really liked well, all that. Yeah, I mean it's just a it's great storytelling from Spielberg. I mean we we kind of lose this um, as we as we get further into the the blockbuster era where it becomes more about the the shark effects and less about the human story. Um, Jaws has a shark in it. But half of it, the second half at least, is like a character chamber piece, basically. Like, where you've got three dudes on a boat talking about the problems mm-hmm. with the existential uh, threat of the of the shark there. Which is such a very human thing. It's like, it's like, and it's man versus nature. And Jurassic Park has the same thing too, where you've got man has to prove his own and survive against the threat of... of giant sharp teeth <laughs> I always thought Jurassic Park was more along the Ian Malcolm lines where it's man versus chaos and I well, yeah I but th- I mean it's also man versus nature like it's chaos man man has is te- is tends to do things without thinking about the consequences mm-hmm. um and consequences arise as a result of chaos but in Jurassic Park you just have the um, the the Dinosaurs and nature, as a result of of man's inability to realize, just because you can do something, does not mean that you should do something. I wish we had the uh, audio bite from Ian Malcolm's little rant. Like, yeah. and before you knew what you had, you packaged it and you patented it and you slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and yeah. now you're selling it. You're selling. It. Yes. <laughs> like, gosh, that 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 line is well, so perfect. Both of the, I mean, in that idea, also both Jaws and Jurassic Park have these indictments of consumerism as well, Mm -hmm. um, where you've got uh, Hammond, who's going to do this whole thing with uh, using the park to make money, Where and then in Jaws, without thinking about whether or not the dinosaurs will escape, and in Jaws, uh, the mayor needs to keep the the beach opened to make money for the 4th of July, um, regardless of whether or not the, the shark is going to eat a whole bunch of people. That's true. And so it, because he needs to financially sustain the town. Though I always felt that Hammond's issue wasn't out of greed. I think it was just it, it, kind of a fluke. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, like, what are the chances that he's you not, get somebody he's from the... He's different character from, from the mayor. Yeah, the mayor absolutely is fueled by greed, but also you could kind of say he's humanized because he's trying to not let Amity Island fall into like an economic crisis yeah. by shutting it down during the peak of beach season when everybody makes yeah. like 80% of their income. I watched this on the 4th of July, by the way, which was fun. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, but, I, but I've but i always felt like Hammond, like they had security measures in. They had all this high, right, high-tech yeah. stuff. And then what happens is you just happen to get this hacker, Nedry, who just all of a sudden just turns the whole place upside down and he obviously falls victim to that himself but that, right so chaos but without but without him that whole like if you look at what would have happened then the park would have opened 
and everybody would have been else fine. Gone wrong, though. Maybe I don't know. I but mean, like that's the whole point is that chaos. When he holds his hand up and lets the lets the drop fall down, like you're gonna you're gonna keep dropping it, and eventually I don't even actually remember how that scene goes. Probably not the point of that scene. Well, he's no. The point of that scene is he's hitting on. Uh, yes, that's the point of that Ellie, scene. Yeah, <laughs> and then then all of a sudden well, they find the triceratops on the ground. Right, but 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 eventually, but if, even if it wasn't Nedry, it was gonna be something else. That's I think the idea. That's chaos. Yeah. yeah. And chaos theory, which is what he's talking about when he's doing the the drop thing. So it's like he's hitting on her and also talking about chaos theory. Yeah, and and trust me, there's a lot more chaos theory in the second one too, <laughs> just because it's Ian Malcolm's movie now. And gosh, I love Jeff Goldblum. He's he's fantastic. Yeah. I, I think those movies wouldn't have even been nearly as entertaining without him. He's like the the comic foil of it all, and he's somehow just has like this sar- sarcastic witty banter that just keeps it moving. But for Jaws. Uh, I yeah, they're, like kind of, they're kind of a, indistinguishable. We're having a hard time keeping them, well, we're, keeping we're, them separate. But we're yeah, flipping back and forth here. But I mean, is there even a need to like really surmise? The All right, surmise jaws. People get eaten. <laughs> Dudes have to band together and kill the shark, and then they kill the shark. That's the movie. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's 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 very simple, and it shines in its simplicity. But like, really, what 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 it comes down to is it's about it's about learning who these three guys are. You, when you've got you know. And the uh, sea Brody, captain ruins Quint a chalkboard. Hooper. Yes. He ruins a chalkboard by yes. scratching it permanently. Like, thanks. Now the school's got to replace that too. Yeah. <laughs> but like so much of what where this movie shines is in the simplicity yeah. of, of of the plot, which allows the the character to come forth. And I think your whole point about the the main the the essence of this movie really comes from when it's just the three of them on a ship. Yeah. And well, that's it, the second half. Yeah. The first half is the is the political dynamic of the town and, and kind of like the sheriff who's trying to save lives and Brody the mayor trying to figure yeah. out his place and Brody who has just come to town, um, and is trying to kind of like figure his place in it, like because he's kind of kind of go from butting in to like saying no, this is what we have to do. Um, and there's that whole dynamic there, um, where. And and during that time, we get to know Hooper and Quint also. Like, they're introduced there so that once we get onto the boat, we don't have to, like... They're not. They don't jump on the boat, and that's the first time we see them because of the because of how that that evolution plays out where we have to decide, okay, now we're finally going to go out and kill the shark no matter what. Yeah. Well, the way I always... Re- like, when you really look at the whole scenes on the boat, too... Well, it's... it The whole movie, yeah, the first half is the conflict mostly between the mayor... And 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 the sheriff, but then when you're when you're on the boat, then it is the conflict between Quint and, and Hooper, and and kind of this old way of thinking, new way of thinking. Yeah, and there's the conflict there is of that, that side of it too. And and I always like that where you have Quint as like this, I don't know how to describe it, old timey, almost pirate like dude, somebody yeah. who's who has wisdom from experience where. Whereas you have Hooper where he has... And a vendetta as well. Yeah. And you have Hooper where his whole experience comes from research and knowledge. And so you have just very different um, different takes that are both equally valid that, yeah. that all of a sudden are that in conflict. conflict and, but but without those, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't get the, sh- you wouldn't, they wouldn't kill the shark. Like you need yeah. all those different, like the different experiences creates conflict among them. But if you don't have that, you don't, you yes. don't, you don't beat nature you yes. don't you don't uh rise above it as so, yeah and and so <laughs> yeah that I, I mean and some would argue that you're we're delving way too into it if it's you know it's some people would say it's just a fun almost a natural slasher movie kind of like well, I a, mean, a, but 
I, I think this is a movie that really has two sides to it. I, I really love Jaws, and I've always thought it was a fantastic movie. I've only seen one of the sequel ones. I think there are, what, four or five? Yeah. Five movies with that, but uh, I'm not... 100% sure. I think the one I saw was uh, Jaws's Re- or Jaws Revenge. Yeah, I haven't which seen any of I think ones. is I think that's the fourth one. So I actually need to see like the second and third one uh, before too long here. Um, but do you want to start getting right into the stores here? Sure. Gideon? Yeah. All right. Lay uh, the first category out here. First category is first impression. I'm trying to think when the first time I ever saw it all the way through was it might have actually been when I went to the theater within the last like year and a half and saw that like where I just sat down and watched the whole thing I know I've seen all of it through bits and pieces on TV but so I think that might have been the first time I ever sat down and saw the whole thing and I I was again really I really enjoyed it wasn't a big fan of the jump scare in it because there's like one jump scare and in the theater that's just like I don't need that, but <laughs> but besides that, I, I I really had a great time. I'd say uh, I see why everybody loved it back in the day, and I see why it's remained a classic since. I'd say nine out of ten for me. Yeah, I saw this when I was a kid and hadn't seen it since this year. I don't think um, this was not one of my Spielberg movies. I grew up with. I grew up with Jurassic Park and Raiders of the Lost Ark, and those were the two that I watched a whole bunch as a kid. This one I watched once, like, and I was, and I think I was older than a kid when I first watched this. I think it might have been like 15 or 14. So it wasn't like you're not at that formative age where you're like 10 or 9 or 8 where you're going to watch something and like fall in love with it and watch it over and over and over again. I saw it and I was like, and I didn't, I wasn't quite old. I was too old to like viscerally super enjoy it and too young to like intellectually and emotionally uh, engage with it. So I kind of was like, oh, that's a good movie. Mm, cool. I see. Show me the next Spielberg. Um, but but then revisiting it at this point in my life, it's it's definitely uh, grown in my estimation. Um, it's definitely a great movie in every respect. I mean, it's one of Spielberg's best. It's one of the greatest, if not possibly the greatest, like straight up blockbuster in, t- in terms of especially the fact that it innovated the modern blockbuster. Um, this is an eight. I, 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 I gave it a nine out of 10 this time. I'll give it a nine now. All right. Uh, for the next category, then story. Hmm. This is oh, this is tough because it's good in a lot of ways, but it to me it never like jumped out like this. The script for this and 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 the way the story plays out was never my favorite. You know, it was never really? like a ten. Out, it was never a ten out of ten for me. And I think still the isn't. plotting is so perfect. Honestly, I think it's well written. And again, I would probably I'm I'm teetering between an eight or a nine here. It's just. There are certain movies I definitely loved more, and there are certain movies I felt like the writing was just way better or way cooler. Um, weird comparison here, but, I mean, at some points, it, I guess it is kind of a nautical movie, but like Dunkirk, like I feel like the the writing on that is just way better and, and in certain ways just way more entertaining. I mean, but. It's a, Dunkirk is a very visually driven movie mm-hmm. um, and a very... Uh, unconventionally structured film compared to Jaws, which is very linear. Yeah. Um. So it's hard to compare the two. I would say, yeah. like, like for me, if I'm gonna compare something, I'm gonna compare Jaws to something that's slightly linear structured. Whereas, like, I'm not gonna com- compare 
uh, persona to Jurassic Park. The, the whole reason, I don't mean to be misconstrued, the whole reason I, I compared those two is just, that's a, Dunkirk is like a script that I would definitely say is a 9 or a 10 to me, but J- Jaws is more of like, I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm leaning more to an 8. Uh, yeah, yeah, it has good good character moments, um, but again, it just never jumped out at, at me as like one of the best. Well, because it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not going outside of a conventional narrative linear. This thing happens, this thing happens, then we kill the shark at the end. It's not doing that, which doesn't make it like it doesn't l- lessen that in my estimation. Now, yeah, um, this is a ten. Like I think this is like this is the perfectly structured blockbuster. It's you've got the the narrative tension in the town. You've got the shark imp, uh, li- imposing on the backside of all of that. Um, it's got a very primal nature to it. Um, and like we've already discussed, it's got all of these interesting questions about man versus nature, uh, the old ways versus the new ways, um, science versus the science with Hooper versus kind of conventional wisdom conventional, from experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. experience. Um, and all that stuff. While at the same time having every, every single scene propul... Pro- Propulsing, <laughs> the, it's got a propulsive narrative. Some I, every single scene drives it forward. Whereas a lot of times in blockbusters these days, I feel like I sit there and it's like, okay, but this scene does not move the narrative forward, and you're trying to move the narrative forward with it. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, there's nothing wrong with a scene that doesn't move the narrative forward in terms of a arc plot, but the, but if you're trying to do that and failing, that's where the issue comes in. This is just yeah. excels in that in every regard. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, I see I see your argument there. I think it's very valid and it it does it's I'm not saying it does a bad job. It just was never something that just was like there's a scene from this that I thought was so amazing or so well written. There was no there there were good points uh, that are great. I like, mean, the scene where where Quint is talking about gives his whole yeah, recount like that the is whole spiel, crazy. But, like that is insane. That would never be allowed in a Hollywood blockbuster ever anymore because it's too, it's too real. It's too like it's too human. It's like I, it's too good of a scene. I don't think it would be allowed for modernism. I don't think it wouldn't be allowed. No, I think the studios would not let it happen because they're too interested in making something that's that's vapid and surface level that can be packaged and and given to consumers. Okay. Well, it, I don't know. I think I think you I mean, could name get the away. last time that we've had a scene like that in a in a major blockbuster. I'm trying to think. I have to like run through uh every, a lot of dialogue and a lot of movies in my head here very quickly um <laughs> like i'm just i'm just thinking and i can't think of one my myself just at the, this, off the top of I my mean, head it's better than no answer at all i mean maybe like the whole uh Dar- the darth plagueis monologue in episode 3 of star wars <laughs> I yeah, mean, but that's that's more that's almost like it's like coercion, and it's a great scene, and I like that scene. But it's like it's it, and it's definitely an interesting dialogue, interestingly delivered. But it's not; it doesn't like hit you on the gut, um, heart, human level that that does that the or that just, this one does. Well, okay, if you want emotionality from that same movie, like a few scenes later when you know Obi Wan has to tell Padme about what's happened to Anakin and everything that's going on with that, but. 
I'm just trying to think that probably there's probably much better examples that I'm just not coming up with immediately. (laughs) I mean, I'm just looking at the top, the American grossing. It's like, I think I like, I just don't see it. I I can't, I I don't see it. I'm sure that some of those top ones are just like Marvel movies or something. Well, exactly. (laughs) But, but okay. But those are just meant to be entertaining. Never ever do that. Because they can't, because they're they have to fit into the confines of what a Marvel movie is. Those are trying. To, well, yeah, they're trying to be marketable and just have broad appeal and just the whole point of right, those that's was what I'm saying. Like broad appeal will never. But like that's the thing. But conventionally, broad appeal is never. That's not going to fit with broad appeal. But look at Jaws. It had broad appeal and had that thing. But like I feel but like the but for some reason we've had this mindset where things that seem like they're like that will not appeal to a broad amount of people, but Jaws proved that they do, or at least that they can. Mm. So I don't know if it's if it's studios or if it's audiences or what it is, but I would love to go back to a time when movies like Jaws can make four hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean I just I don't know. I mean there's so much that changes in those in those 45 years no of, yeah of, for sure no and i'm i'm cinema I'm and definitely the world pra- and painting this with a broad brush i'm not i <laughs> i i am for sure painting it broad broadly brush i mean with, it's just like, tough to compare those there's so many other factors that go into that and the evolution of hollywood and the evolution of the movie industry and so many things that, right well and there's and there is all of that and i'm not denying all that but i am saying that it does feel like we don't get stuff like Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park, Close Encounters, like this Spielberg level blockbuster where you've got a real story with real consequences. I like Django. I think Django would be an art. Uh, you could make an argument for that. There's a lot of good scenes where it's just intense dialogue and and really well done character interactions that that I'd say push things even further than. I mean, Django was a hit, but it wasn't. It wasn't that level of a hit but sure i see your point i i just think it's definitely doable and that i mean that's not a small movie yeah. that's not an indie movie that's a that is a hollywood blockbuster movie whether yeah. tarantino would like to admit it or not because <laughs> i mean everybody considers him more of an auteur but he, because of his fame and and where his movies have evolved you know now he is a blockbuster director um even even if his movies don't fall fall into that category easily but We've gone, on, we've gone off the rails a little yeah, bit. Eight for story. Got for on me. my soapbox. I'll get back down. Yeah, eight for story for me. Ten for you. You said. Yeah. Next category. Uh, acting. Hmm. I'd say it's it's plenty good. I'd give it a nine. I mean, I th- I think I don't think there's any real character that falls flat, and I mean. Gosh, I mean, sometimes, I mean, maybe I, the scene you're talking about with, with Quint, I almost feel like sometimes he just slightly laid it out a little too heavy. I mean, Quint is definitely a, a a big character, though. Yeah, but you know what? I'm actually bumping that down to an eight. It just, it seems almost just too, just a tad too overacted with him. So I'm bumping it down to an eight there, but I, I mean... You'll, I, I mean, think I'm, I'm going to go 10, as, 10 for acting as well. I it's it's just it's jaws man i don't know like it's just so great like 
You can't let nostalgia think, and love. I, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't really even have nostalgia for Jaws. That's the thing. That's how freaking good it is. Like, I think of that scene where uh, Brody is talking to his kid, and they're like, and they're doing that thing where that he, he Brody keeps like shifting while he's eating his dinner, and the kid like sl- slowly like starts imitating him, and then he looks over and sees what he's doing, and then they like finally like that's so like that's so perfect in every sense of the word. Like I just love it so much, and that and you don't get that without a great performance out of Roy Scheider. Like, okay, I don't know. All right, all right. I'm not. I'm not saying Roy you Scheider, Richard Dreyfus, Robert Shaw. Like, bang, bang, bang. Ten out of ten performances down the line, man. All right, I'm not making you change your. Change no, I know. Your I'm just saying that. Like, I, I'm yeah. just saying. Like, I really am that emphatic about it. And I and you can't. And it's not nostalgia because I do right. not have nostalgia for this movie. And I'm not even saying you're blaming for that. I'm just saying, like, to the to the, whoever's listening, like, like I I'm blown away by this myself because I could I could say this about when we get to Jurassic Park, which I do have nostalgia for. Um, if I if I think Jaws might be a better movie. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think even it is. if I love Jurassic Park more. I just like because, Jurassic just Park, because like a nostalgia alone, but I, I mean, I have a lot more to say about Jurassic Park because overall, Jaws, I don't have many issues with. I, I like it a lot. It's not one of my all time favorite movies, but I did enjoy it in pretty much every sense. And I, it just never was a standout to me like, oh my gosh, this has got to be one of my favorite movies. I don't know what kind of kept it from being that for me necessarily, but I think it is still one of the best movies ever. It's just not like one of my favorites, if that makes sense. Sure. But next category. Um, next category is look and feel. This is tough uh, because obviously these special effects on their, or they're their, not special effects, but like their practical the, effects. The puppet, the shark puppet or shark whatever puppets, you want to call it. Bad, I, but I don't think it's that bad. I don't think so either. I don't know why people hated on it that much. But I will say it's not just that. I think the filming is fantastic. Like the use of unique... Uh, Angles yeah. and, I think and the, lenses and yeah, just, the the scene where they get on that on the ferry, the girl across the island, and they and Spielberg sets the camera down at the back of the ferry, so you've kind of got this great depth with them on the ferry, and they're kind of like all moving back and forth within each other. Um, so they kind of so like it, it's when it's when Brody and the mayor are talking. So then they kind of like come towards the camera and then move back away. So they're kind of like creating a lot of visual dynamic on just the ferry. But then beyond that, you've got the ferry moving within the space from the island to the mainland. So you've got like that that another dynamic point happening there where you're seeing a change in location while the dynamic between Brody and the mayor is also changing, yeah. all happening within that shot. And he doesn't even have to move because a lot of times. And Spielberg is going to do this thing where he's going to move the camera. I'm cribbing from uh, from every frame of painting. I'm going to just make sure that I'm not plagiarizing them. I'm definitely cribbing from their video essay on Spielberg Warners. But he oftentimes takes the camera and will move it uh, to keep, to like make, so you in a one shot, you can have people in a frame and then, a good one shot is going to move people inside of the frame so that you're fitting more than one shot composition into that one shot. Because yeah. a lot of because a lot of times, like you see this in 1917, or even Hitchcock's Rope to a certain extent. Hitchcock admitted that with Rope be, being a one shot, it didn't have the the language that film can have where you can use cutting to communicate something. Yeah. Um, so this is the problem that 1917 had worse than Rope, I feel, because 
a lot of the film is just the same composition happening over a long period of time. Whereas what Spielberg does in a lot of his shots is moves the camera to reframe something um, so that you're fitting multiple shot compositions into a single into a single Warner. But with this shot, you've got the camera still because it's on the ferry. You can't move it at all. So what he does is move the actors on the ferry to communicate the changing dynamic that's happening there, which is just freaking brilliant like Spielberg is Spielberg and like you can't deny how amazing of a director he is. like he's just literally one of the goats like all right period also so I, we're not that, giving... this is my this is this is part of my explanation for look and feel being a 10 okay uh I can't give look and feel a 10 just because I do agree that sometimes some of the effects were a little corny and I have to I mean I demoted the heck out of uh, Princess Bride because of it. And I, I kind of have to maintain a standard. <laughs> and yeah, it, but I also understand they were on a very low budget. This was like Spielberg's breakout film. And after this, he'd probably never have a budget issue again. <laughs> At least in, in getting the initial one. Um, but you also have John Williams in one of the most memorable yeah, scores of all can't time. Forget the, can't forget him. And like I said, there's just such great use of unique camera angles and lenses. And I mean, that one, I can't, I can't remember if it was you who showed me that video or who it was that talks about how that one lens was like split. Like, I can't remember what. Oh yeah, split diopter. Yeah. I mean, um, that's so cool because so I look at that and I notice it now in movies, like if I ever see it. Yeah. And, and I, I think... Overall, I mean, yeah, some of the... That whole, now that you mention it, the scene that the split diopter is in, everything around it is 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 great too because you've got that great effect where he's looking at the ocean and then someone walks in front of the camera and then he uses the walk in front of the camera to like wipe back to his reaction and then someone walks again and the and it creates a the black screen with or not a black screen but like you know the covered screen which wipes back to the reaction shot like that's so brilliant but on top of that that's also that scene is capped off with the uh the quote unquote vertigo effect or the 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 dolly zoom yeah. where you're to to emphasize his uh shock at the person being being uh pulled pulled under yeah. which so that that whole scene is a master class i got to give it a ah, gosh Again, it's like eight or nine. I'm thinking I'm going to give it a nine. It loses it for a little. I mean, and I don't think the shark effects are really that bad. So I still think it was really good. Uh, and again, great score, great cinematography, just great visual storytelling in, in every respect. So definitely, definitely would give it a uh, nine. It just does lose it just slightly on animatronic. Yeah. But uh, that final category here is effect. Um, and in terms of the experience, I don't. I think we should change this to experience overall, just because. Yeah, that's fine. I think that I like that title better than effect. Anyways, it's it's clearer um, as to what the category is supposed to be. My experience with I'm going to do it right now. My experience with this film um, was great, but again, I think I can voice here what you were kind of saying earlier is that it's not the most visceral experience that I've ever had. Um, like it's not absolutely terrifying in the way that Alien is mm -hmm. um, for me, so I'm gonna go with a nine for it. Good comparison, uh, even though, though. Uh, everything like in terms like Alien freaks me out, man. Like, but again, <laughs> that's a movie where it's like a whole bunch of people versus one singular right. exactly. monster yeah. that isn't even necessarily like evil. It's just doing its nature. Well, no, the, I it, mean the Alien is definitely evil. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's def I mean, I just feel like xenomorphs aren't really thinking sadistic creatures they just do well, sadistic and evil are two different things 
But I, but I, don't, I feel okay, like you but, have to be human to be sadistic, but you don't have to be human to have to be to be like, uh, to be like like as an alien, it's gonna try to kill you, and because it's trying to kill you, it deserves to die. Because I mean, you're a human with a right, to, like that's just the way it works. Yeah. And um. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like, would you look at like the creepy bear from Annihilation as evil, or is it just like a bear that was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and now it's half its face is like a skull thing with a weird vocal ability? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of like a a, a monster of nature, but uh, with the that tries to kill you. <laughs> yeah, it, that tries to kill you. I'm not and denying that. I'm just saying that it's a similar type of villain in these movies. Yeah. It's it's not. Where it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not Friday it's worth, the 13th. Right. So it's like not, it's, yeah, the definition of sadistic is deriving pleasure from inflicting pain, suffering, or humiliation on others. Yeah, this and isn't being Halloween. A, this isn't, being a force of nature, it can't be sadistic. It's not it's not doing it of its own uh, free will. It's doing it of its nature and its, and its, yeah. and its broken, evil nature. But that still <laughs> does not make it not evil. Okay. So anyways, effect with this, like I said, I had a great experience in the theater with it. I like, I always stop and watch it if it's on TV. Uh, I, this movie does definitely entertain me a lot and, and the experience of this is, is always good with me. So I will give it a, uh, a nine. All right. Moving on to, oh, I'll yeah. give the score first. What's the score? And then um, we'll go into a short break. Our score is a 91. 91 which is really great and I'll yeah, show you where we where that ends up on the overall list when we come back all right this is script to screen you're listening to 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh we will be back in just a minute from Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Simon Marks. Three of President Biden's top generals have raised fresh questions about White House claims that there was unanimity among commanders about the decision to withdraw U.S. forces from Afghanistan. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says the country's fuel shortages are stabilizing and New York has seen a surge in the number of state-employed healthcare workers getting COVID vaccinations after being told they would be fired if they didn't. And we're back here on 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. Gideon and I are just finishing up our review of Jaws, and then we're going to be getting into Jurassic Park. Gideon, where does Jaws at 91 uh, stack up against some of our other previous reviews? All right. We're at one below Blade Runner 2049, which scored 92, and one above 12 Angry Men, which scored 90. Okay. So good company. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really up there. Um, so Jurassic Park, uh, Spielberg's later uh, hit from the mid '90s, and also it's also kind of a, a massive blockbuster. Massive blockbuster, and it it was one of '93, so. one of one of ILM's greatest achievements, you could say, with some of their visual effects yeah. that kind of again were. ILM has always been groundbreaking, but what they did with this movie was really, really well done, and and most of the effects just hold up super well. The computer effects, I should say. Yeah. The, the practical ones do too, except maybe uh, the arm that is so clearly a rubber arm <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that Ellie finds. But uh, besides that, uh, really, really solid movie um, in, in terms of visual effects. And... Uh, just, just great. Again, another great score with John Williams and one of his most powerful. Uh, this score, I think, might be better than Jaws. Jaws, it builds itself up. Like it start. It doesn't have. A, I mean, it's got a, obviously one of the most memorable like uh, 
bits ever of any piece of music, yeah. you know, but it, but from that, most people kind of overlook how it builds and it kind of has like this intensity going up and down. And then it kind of has like this weird, like really lighthearted part where it's just like, dun, 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 yep. you know, and it just goes from there. But Jurassic Park, I mean, that, that whole theme when, when, uh, Dr. Grant sees the, 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 yeah. The dinosaurs, the dinosaurs for the, the first, first time. time. It's, it's just yeah, it's, it's perfect. Else. It's perfect. Like it's it's again, it's not of this world. It's how perfect it is. And there are plenty of videos online too that'll like break down why it's so good and why John Williams is such a master. And yeah, do you oh. listen to Sideways at all ever? No, you should check him out. I don't know if he's ever done anything on Jurassic Park, but he's a great. He's a come. He's breaks down a like well uh, film composition. There's one on YouTube called like Listen In, I think, or I Listening In, or something like that. It goes into like the technical stuff of it, and it's yeah, just sort of sideways. Yeah. yeah. So, and I hope I, I hope I remembered that right. It's something yeah, like close to that, like music theory and stuff like that, which I I'm I'm not as well versed in. I like watched a thirty minute mu video on music theory, and that's about the extent of what I know. Yeah. But I'm I'm still interested in music theory. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. It's it's very interesting stuff. And uh, just a quick breakdown of Jurassic Park because pretty much everybody knows the plot of Jurassic Park. Uh, a bunch of scientists are brought to an island where a rich uh, philanthropist is trying to create a theme park with living uh, dinosaurs that were brought back through advances in cloning and, and genetic manipulation. And uh, the one dude from uh, from Seinfeld uh, hacks it. And yes. <laughs> hacks it and... Uh, he dies and the whole place kind of falls apart and there's no security. And then all of a sudden all the dinosaurs break loose and start killing people. Uh, luckily, yeah. there were actually very few people on the island at the point when the dinosaurs are all, you know, escaping because there was a hurricane that rolled in and everybody got off safely except for like the main cast. <laughs> yeah. But well, um, well, and you notice immediately how much more complex this is than Jaws. Like yeah. with Jaws, we can say shark eats people. People want to kill shark. People kill shark. Like it's very, it's not. Whereas this, you got to do a lot of these steps to get to even the point where the 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 dinosaurs break out and start to kill people. Yeah, and and again, it's got a very unique, like, multifaceted look at like the situation, and it says a lot about like extreme capitalism and the manipulation of nature for financial gains and all sorts of things like that, and. At other points, it's just a fun, like, oh my gosh, there's freaking dinosaurs everywhere. Let's yeah. get away from them. <laughs> you know, it seems that the only dinosaurs they ever encounter once the security breaks down is the dangerous ones. I mean, we do know that there are not dangerous dinosaurs there, but yeah. Uh, but it's great. And um, well, it's even got a little bit of in that, in that critique of capitalism, you, you even also have uh, a little bit of the saying the critique of the deification of science. Um, True, yes. And I would almost say that I would want a little bit more of that from this film, but I think I think it's there, at least partially, and, and I do enjoy that side of it also. Well, if they were breeding condors on the island, you wouldn't have anything to say about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I just have, had to do that. Again, this is one of the few movies I have, like, almost every major line memorized. Yeah. <laughs> so... Oh man, if I say if I sit down with that, you could almost like just let like put it on mute, and I could do almost every line. But uh, 
even though I'm not a big fan of this movie compared to the other ones, I still like two and three much better than this one. And the reason why is actually because of two characters that I find extremely annoying and totally don't need to be in this movie. And that would be the kids, Tim and whatever his sister's name is. I mean, finding them annoying and saying they don't need to be in the movie are two different things. I don't things. think they need... Because uh, the whole movie's about them. <laughs> no, the movie's about... This I, I think it's more about Dr. Grant, and you don't need to tell the story. Right, it's about Dr. It, Grant and his inability to get along with kids. Yeah, and so, after being after interacting with them, but uh, this, being able to get past that. But you're like without kid without the kids, you can't do that. That's but, what the whole human story is. But the story isn't focused on the kids. The sto story is still focused on Grant. The kids are tools to help flesh out his character. They shouldn't be, but they don't need to be in that. You don't need to flesh out that part. If they chose not to put the scene in at the beginning with the fat kid who's like, I don't think but, it's but that like, scary. But, it's not, and but like, it has to do with that. what they chose. That's literally the story. That's his character. Like, that's what he, that's what his whole thing is. How about have so a you guy can't just say You can't just say, well, if they took out the one scene at the beginning with the fat kid, like, well, that, no. that's the whole setup you, for the whole if, rest of the movie. If you take out that scene and then don't have But then it changes and, everything else. No, it like, doesn't. it's a completely the, different movie. The dinosaur's still escaped the scientists who uh especially him who has like expertise in in dinosaurs well, I know, and but stuff my like, point is that you're still running can, a new movie at that point and i that's a movie i would rather see than one where he's dealing with these two really annoying kids one of which is you know shining around a flashlight willy-nilly at a very intense scene that doesn't it doesn't need to be happening and like they're just super annoying and and like Gosh, I wish they were like either killed off really early in the film. Like, if, <laughs> like I wish that they ran to the bathroom with the lawyer and then the dinosaur got all three of them or something. Like, it just, <laughs> I just don't want them in this movie. And I, and I think the second one has the perfect amount of them where they have like two lines and then they're just not in the rest of the movie. And gosh, I, I can't, what's the sister's name? I always forget that. I remember. The, the main kid, the little boy's name is Tim, but I can never remember the sister's name. Um, uh, it's, what's funny is I had a friend, uh, one of my best friends is named Tim, and he's like super into dinosaurs <laughs> and snakes and stuff. And Lex? He's, oh, Lex? yes, Lexi. So, yeah. So, but like it's not just his, his phobia of kids. He's like, he's like a loner he, in a he, lot of ways. He doesn't have a phobia he of them. He just has a like, disdain for and them. And he also, and that affects his relationship with uh, Laura Dern also. Yeah. Well, cause like, it, cause that's, cause she, she wants him to embrace like a family life. So, and he wouldn't do that unless he was challenged by the kids. But he still does. I mean, so like, if you take, if you, one, so he still you take, doesn't have a family like that. Well, I mean, but I'm talking about this movie. So if you take out the kids, you have to take out Laura Dern also. No, you don't. She's a she's his partner. She's his 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 uh, paleobotanist. Her, his partner, who's trying to get him to not be afraid of kids for no reason. Again, he's not afraid like of them. He just dislikes him about that them from the very beginning. He yeah, but, not if uh, yeah, yeah. They're slimy and sticky and whatever yeah, whatever else he says. Well, she goes on to have a kid, and yeah, you're. But but so what? I think it's more about. I think the the focus should have been on their pseudo relationship that they have, where they're part, you know, partners in in their occupation, but also kind of seem like they're. They almost seem like they're common law married in this a little bit, um, even though it's not super focused on. Like clearly, Doctor Grant is a little jealous when Malcolm starts to try to put some moves on her, but like. Yeah. 
But again, it's just I don't think the the kids are necessary in it at all, and they just I I find them super annoying. And I would rather see Grant and some other character. If you took Grant and Malcolm or something, and you had them be the ones isolated and and they're running through the woods trying to get back to the main uh, facility part of Jurassic Park, like I think that would have been a much more interesting and fun movie where you actually have like much deeper conversations than than the dumb childish crap that happens with well that's what i'm saying though it's not just dumb childish crap it's it's like it's like these childish antics on the surface that are that have got this like deeper undercurrent of of the the importance of family in the face of a increasingly uh individualistic world and the and which also really is kind of the way that like science functions. Science is very like rationalistic and and cold, which is really what the book was like, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like science, which would which would say like family is only as valuable as the as its function of reproducing creates in the world. Which the film I think is probably. Wait, are you saying life finds a way? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what that's what science would say, though. Science would say, like, you have to make kids to reproduce, but like their value outside of that is they they have no value outside of that if if uh, the material is all there is. Also, but if it's not, then the kids provide a counterpoint to that, and that's why they have to be there. It's very still related, like by the fact that they're being kids, like and offspring. The movie's talking about evolution and recreation and like and what do we create? So the fact that Hammond is creating dinosaurs, the fact that kids are created by their parents is very very relevant. So I, if you don't have that counterpoint, it it changes the intent of what's going on there. I don't know. I I don't look at it that I don't look at that te- aspect that that's deeply. That's what they did when they were writing it, though. So you can't just say change all of it because that was what they were writing, and it's very connected to the rest of the themes of the movie in terms of uh, recreation and bringing back something that's been dead for millions of years. I think that you could absolutely write a movie just as good like this. For, yes, you with, could, with but most it's not the same similar, movie. But with most of the same plot points. But that's what I'm saying. You can keep it all the same, but you're not ending up with the same if, thematic string yeah, that you're having you're when moving, you have kids. Like you're, it's, you're making a much weaker movie because you're taking out all of the... Because bu- everything's connected. You can't just say that they're not connected because they are. I thought that... I think the main reason they put the kids in is not for any sort of deeper purpose like that. I think the reason they put it in is to actually draw in younger audiences I mean, so that they have too. so you're not just watching that's a whole bunch reason. of Well, there's another great reason. It's just again, everything's connected. Like that's that's it's serving multiple functions all at once. It serves once as a as a functional thing for 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 uh I'm thinking too fast. What's his name? <laughs> that's Sam Neill, Dr. Grant's. For Dr. Grant's character arc, it functions as a thematic counterpoint to uh creation and it also functions as a way for kids to look through the other eyes of other kids at dinosaurs. It does three things all at once, and you want to take it out. Like, why? Because they're annoying. Those kids are super annoying. Like, that's a and terrible and reason to me, though, no, for to take something out. They're like, annoying. That's the worst part of that movie is any scene with those two kids. Any scene with those two kids, I'm like, uh, can I just, like, sw- uh, that's when I switch to a different channel. If I'm watching on TV, that's when I switch. I mean, and I don't I come watch back. movies like that in the first, I don't watch movies on TV. I watch them from start or, to finish okay, myself. Or, okay, if I'm watching them on DVD, I'll fast forward it. Sure, and then I'm but like, okay, let's get either. to the next. Let's get to the next scene where it's not them. Let's get to the ice cream scene with with Ellie and 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 uh, and Hammond or or the 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 I can't think of the guy's name. Like the security dude there, 
that gets killed by the Velociraptors. The, the I can't think of his name. Oh my gosh, guy who says like clever girl, and then he gets just totally yeeted. <laughs> but uh, okay, uh, in that scene that you're talking about, uh, in the ice cream scene, Hammond says, "Who better to get the children through Jurassic Park than a dinosaur expert?" Yeah. So he's talking about so he, his own failures as a grandfather and that he's done this to his own grandkids as yeah. a result of his failures but in that extremely emotional scene. So you take the kids out, you don't get the ice take, cream scene. You take the kids out, you have a scene where it's like, who better to survive a, a park full of dinosaurs than a dinosaur expert? It's it's really actually simple to rewrite that entire whole that whole line of dialogue. It's very simple to rewrite that. And he could still be mourning the loss of if they hadn't written off a whole bunch of the uh, park employees leaving for the during the hurricane or that tropical storm that rolls through. He could be mourning the loss of hundreds of workers that were killed uh, off screen that somebody could write dialogue in where it's mentioned that they were killed. That maybe the main cast of people that we follow are the only survivors. Yeah. How about that? There we go. No kids. You don't need them. <laughs> I mean, really, it, 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 it isn't necessary. It isn't necessary. Uh, let's get into scores because we only have nine minutes here. Uh, <laughs> lay, lay out the first category here, Gideon. Uh, first impression. First impression. Really liked it. I've always hated those kids. I don't remember the first time I ever watched Jurassic Park, but there has never been a point where I haven't been annoyed by them. I mean, for I, I think I must have been so young, probably in like nine, eight, I don't know when the first time I ever watched the full movie was, but I always hated those kids. I always thought they were annoying, and I always just wanted to see Dr. Grant and Malcolm. And they were good enough. So, I don't know. First impressions, I'd give it a six. And just because I love the sequels way more, and those ones deserve a higher score, especially for those. Like, it, this did nothing to me, but, like, the second one just blew me away. Like, it was one of my favorite movies of all time. So. Yeah, this is a 9 or a 10 for me. I feel like I'm going to say 9 because, again, I don't think it's quite to 10 territory, especially if if Jaws isn't. Um, I do really love this movie a lot, though. Okay. Um, it's close to a 10. All right. Not quite there, though. We can go to the next category here. I feel like we'll still have plenty of time to... Yeah, discuss. story. Again, there's so much rewriting I would want to do with this where I write the kids out of it. <laughs> and it just seems so silly and, like... They cause half the trouble that everybody falls into because they're shining a, a stupid light around. And yes, <laughs> I mean, without them, I think so, you definitely wouldn't have to worry so much about our main characters. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, the rest of the writing's great, and and the dialogue is super fun and and obviously like memorable because I remember almost every line. Uh, so I don't know. Do, uh, do you think you saw a, a Saurus Rex or something like that? Might be one of the worst lines I've ever heard in a movie, though. So, <laughs> so well, it's it's kind of equals itself out. I would say seven. Um, the, I again, I, I previously said this. This is not as elemental as Jaws is, or at least not in the same way that Jaws is. Um, I don't know if that's to its detriment or not. Again, it's a science fiction film, so you kind of have to like a lot of the. A lot of the the complications are are the fun of what's going on, um, and I've already get I've already given my thoughts on on what's going on thematically with uh, creation and the kids and stuff like that, um, and you do get a lot of I think maybe the simplicity comes in the fact where like this this scene to scene stuff 
Um, it just doesn't have the, it's not as, but it is pretty propulsive. I, I think nine for me for a story. Can I, can I also just make a point about the ice cream scene? I always looked at that more about him talking about his aspirations to do, to leave a mark on the world and to do something grand. I never really looked at it well, as, as him regretting making this and putting his, his grandchildren in danger. It was always more about him kind of looking back and wanting to leave a, a mark and seeing that he was about to make this grand leap. Yeah, and he's mourning he's, he's mourning the fact that this project will never come to right, fruition. Right, that's what he's thinking. The, uh, Ellie's the one who's saying that thing and trying to convince him of that. Other, of, of that. So, like, she's the counterpoint to that, which that's been her perspective since the start when she said she forced uh, Dr. Grant to ride with the kids instead of her. <laughs> um... I yeah. thought he ends up with the adults anyways, doesn't he? Though? Yeah, he does. Grant? Yeah. It's the lawyer who's with the kids. It's Grant, Malcolm, and Ellie in the in one car and the lawyer and the two kids in the other. That's why they had to save it. He yeah. he, he tricks Tim into well, staying she, in the she's, one. She's trying to get him to, to I, start. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to um argue with you there, but next category. Acting. Acting's awesome. I really like it. Again, though, the kids suck. And they're terrible. And I, I, you know, say what we about child actors. I think one you could have either had but them like they're kind of supposed to be a little bit annoying because Grant is annoyed by them. If I want to be entertained, I don't want to be annoyed at the same time. Yeah, but that you can't just say if, it, whether you're entertained or not. Like that's what the point is. Like they're supposed to be a little bit annoying because Grant is annoyed by them. So like if you don't have them be annoying at least a little bit then you're not going to get the point across. Like, they can't just be neutral, because if they're just neutral, you might as well just take them out. Uh. Like, they have to have a point of view and, like, have a... and be characters. Just because you are a character doesn't mean you have character. I, I give it a seven here. I, I just... I feel like I've said my piece about, about the kids yeah. and my disdain for them and how... <laughs> How unnecessary they were, and may, I mean, you can have kids in in a dress part movie and have them be really strong and and unique and cool characters. Look, I mean, the kid from the third one is fantastic, and he's been there. He's been stranded on his own for a month, and he's been surviving, and he's awesome, and he's headstrong. And he knows what he's doing. Or well, uh, you're just Malcolm's describing kid, a different character though, or Malcolm's now. daughter from the second one. And again, she's she's scared of the situation, but she never comes off really as annoying. She's just sort of like. Uh, a rapscallion, I guess you could say, and she kind of just wills her way to the island and now she's stuck with everybody, but she's never like the worst character on the screen. And and that's what happens with, with Tim and Ellie. Or I'm sorry, Tim and Lexi. Lex, yeah. yeah, my bad. Uh, so yeah, seven for that. Because everybody else is great. Samuel Jackson's fantastic. Goldblum, Sam Neill, everybody's great besides them. Um... I'm at like an eight or a nine for acting. I think yeah. you've, you've got you've got great performances all around. Um, I'm just thinking I can't think of any scene that's that you've got a powerhouse performance like you're getting from uh, Roy Scheider in Jaws. Mm. So nine. I'll just be generous and give it a nine. Tell me the the uh 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 scene doesn't uh, <laughs> doesn't stand up to that. Come on. You didn't say the magic word. 
Oh man. Uh, okay. Uh, next category. Well, I, I think the closest would be the ice cream scene with Hammond and and Ellie. I think that would be the closest to that type of like human, just very real gut punch. I like the the dinner scene when everybody right after they see the Velociraptors for the first time, and then it's like, who wants lunch? And then they're all sit to their stomach because they just saw a Velociraptor kill a cow in front of them. Yeah. But, but I that's think- a good scene. But it, like again, it's not as intimate. As as that, where it's just the two of them, and you've got the metaphorical aspect of the ice cream melting right beside them as well. Only thing I didn't like about that scene, the music sounds way too much like Home Alone. In that, and like the scene when when Doctor Grant's up in the tree, it just sounds way too much like Home Alone to me, mm. and it, I didn't like that. Uh, look and feel here, next category. Yeah, ten for me. Yeah, great score, great John Williams score. Visual effects are fantastic and way ahead of their time. ILM outdid themselves. Cinematography is fantastic. Yeah, I gotta agree with you there. Ten for me as well. All right, final category. Experience. Ten also for this for me. This is this is like this is where compared to Jaws, like I just enjoy watching this movie more, um, just because again the nostalgia and then also it's just the dinosaurs are just. I just love it. Like, and and I also I feel I feel like this one's almost more tensed for me in in some ways. Um, like maybe it's, again it might be just because I got scared by it as a kid more. But yeah. Okay. Uh, five. Again, this is my least favorite of all the Jurassic Park movies. So, including the new ones, Jurassic World and whatnot. So I I give it a five. Again, I I like to fast forward scenes of this. So, it's not, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a good movie, but. I would prefer watching pretty much any of the other ones. All right, so we got a final score of 82, which puts it at the same score as Soul and Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Okay, so still pretty high score overall. Like anything kind of above 80 for us is pretty decent. Yeah. And I, I know I was harsh on it, but I think if we want to do Jurassic Park 2 or 3, I think you'll see a lot higher scores from me. But this has been Script to Screen here on 90.3 WRST-FM.